We are in Yavamos Chav Gimel Amabeis 23b1 in the Art School of Gemara. We are starting a new Mishnah. This Mishnah, it should really cover just uh, today's recording and the next recording with the Gemara together with the Mishnah. And then after that, for next week, we'll move on to other topics as well. And we'll also discuss a very interesting topic next week about uh, conversion uh, because they want to marry a Jew. If a non-Jew wants to convert because they are in a relationship with a Jew, what is the law with regards to that? Do we allow that? Do we not allow that? And so that is uh, those, that is something which, which we will discuss next week. This Mishnah, the Mishnah that we are up to, it's really uh, trying to explain certain fundamental laws of, that are involved within Yibam, within the context of Yibam, and it will get a bit complicated, as as it has in the past a little bit. Again, it's just for this for the next two recordings. Uh, to help you out, to look at the Art Scroll Gemara on 23b2, it sort of provides a little bit of the family, uh, the family tree, and explains exactly what's going on with a diagram. Uh, but the, the main part that I that I want to mention is that it's really the principles that come out of these different scenarios. As we will see, the scenario itself uh, seems pretty unlikely. Uh, the case that we'll be discussing seems pretty unlikely, but even if it is unlikely, I think there's certain principles that they want to uh, explain through example and they want to uh, teach us. And so there are th- primarily primarily three different principles that the Mishnah will teach us. And we've seen all of them in the past. Uh, since the beginning of Yavamos, but this is another way of explaining the implications and ramifications of these principles. Principle number one is that there is a negative, a Torah negative commandment if there is a Yivam situation, there's a Yavam, there's the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, the brother, the husband slash brother passed away without any children. There is a prohibition for the sister-in-law to marry uh, somebody else, anybody that she wants, before doing Yivam or Chalitza. She first has to do Yivam or Chalitza, and then I mean, if she does chalitza, then she can marry somebody else. Uh, the language is from the Gemara, Minashuk. Anybody from the outside, from the market, she could go and marry anybody else. Um, but if she doesn't, if she has not yet done Yibam or chalitza, then she cannot. There's a Torah prohibition. There is a second prohibition. The next two are on a rabbinic level. Uh, there is a rabbinic prohibition to marry achos chalutzaso. To marry, if a person does chalitza with the sister-in-law, so it's sort of like there's a there's a quasi marriage slash divorce here, and so therefore on a rabbinic level you could also you cannot marry her sister. It's a prohibition to marry her sister on a rabbinic level. The third principle is also a rabbinic prohibition, which is a concept of achos zikukaso, that even before you do chalitza yibam, if you if there's a situation where there's a need to do yibam or chalitza, where there's the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law. And the husband passed away without any children. Uh, so then there's also a principle called Achos Even before anything takes place, Yibam or Chalitza, there's a prohibition for the brother-in-law to marry his sister-in-law's sister. There's also a prohibi- rabbinic prohibition, which is also parallel to the idea that it's like they have some sort of relationship there. And just like by a marriage, if somebody's married, they cannot marry their, their wife's sister so then so too over here, they're not allowed to marry their sister-in-law, which is some quasi, there's some sort of relationship here, their sister-in-law's uh, sister. 
those are the three, really the three principles that come out of this Mishnah. The Mishnah, through different examples, somewhat complicated to keep the picture down. Again, please, uh, if you want to understand it uh, better, so then the article Gemara gives uh, very good diagrams. Uh, but we will we'll see the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Misha Kiddish Achas Achius. The first line is very simple. A person, <laughs> the, the case is simple. Uh, whether it's realistic or not, uh, it, maybe it was at a certain point in time in history, uh, but even if it's not, if it, even if it's not really, uh, does it not so common, it's the principles that come out of it. That if a person marries uh, one of two women, He's not sure who he married. And they're both sisters. He's not, he's not sure which sister he married. And so the Gemara will explain later that the case is not is where he knew originally who he married. And only later on did he did he got mixed up. He forgot which sister he married. So we say because there's a question which one he's married to, we say give a get to both. Out of doubt, we say give a get to both. Give a divorce document because you cannot remain with one of the two because it would be a prohibition because either it's your wife or it's your wife's sister. There's a prohibition to marry your wife's sister. So you cannot remain married. So give a get, give a divorce document to both. Because it's a questionable scenario. Now within that case, let's say he died, Mace. Vloach Echad. So let's say Ruvain wasn't sure who he married. He married either Rachel or Leah. And he has a brother. He died without children. And he has a brother. So now there's this uh, mitzvah of Yibam Rechalitza. But, but the brother uh, who is... Um, I forgot the names here, but let's say Reuben is the one that passed away. So he has a brother, Shimon. So then Shimon would cholitz l'shtei, and he would have to do chalitza to both. And the reason why we would have to do chalitza to both is because either it's the actual case of Yibam, which in which case it's fine if he does Yibam, but because we're not sure, it's also possible that that, that sister is really the sister-in-law's sister, it's really, which is a prohibition. That is a rabbinic prohibition. So because of the rabbinic prohibition, and we're not sure, so therefore we say, do chalitza to both. Don't do yibam in that case. Let's say Ruvain dies and he had two brothers, Shimon and Levi. So then it gets a little more complicated. So then the first person, let's say Shimon, he does chalitza to one of the sisters. And either that's the right sister, and he did a chalitza. If that's true, so then the brother is allowed to marry. He did a chalitza. It's done with. The relationship is purely between Shimon, who did the chalitza, and the sister-in-law, let's say Rachel. So then Levi could marry, Le- could marry Leah. Levi, the other brother, with regards to Leah, who's the sister, it's, it's completely fine. And let's say, so Shimon did chalitza, and let's say the chalitza was the wrong chalitza, it was not to the correct wife, slash sister-in-law. And really the other one was the sister-in-law, okay, fine. So then Levi will marry that sister-in-law, and it'll be three of them. It won't be in just a, a regular marriage, but it'll be an act of yibum. So that is fine. So as long as the first brother, Shimon, does chalitza, so then Levi could do yibum. Then the last line with regards to this case is, Let's say Shimon did not do chalitza. Let's say he did actually yibum. He did yibum. So then he did yibum, and then Levi also did yibum to the other sister. They both got married to both sisters. So we say you don't have to get divorced. Why not? The whole concern here is that Shimon, who's the first brother, does Yibam to the, to, not to the sister-in-law, but does Yibam and marries the sister-in-law's sister, which is a prohibition. That's a rabbinic prohibition. But once Levi does Yibam, so then that tells us, that reveals to us, 
And let's say that's the correct sister-in-law, one of the two is the correct sister-in-law, then that the correct sister-in-law did Yibam with one of the brothers. That means there's no longer that strong connection, what we call Zika, which we've had in the past. And so therefore, the, uh, the other brother is allowed to marry the sister-in-law's uh, sister, because he's not the one that was involved in that Yibam. It was the other brother who was involved in that Yibam. And so therefore, it's no longer your sister, it is your sister-in-law's sister, uh, but you no longer have that Zika, that connection, because the other brother did Yibam. So even though you're not allowed to, we tell you you shouldn't, because it's a prohibition from the onset, because maybe it's your sister-in-law's sister, which is a prohibition before the other brother does Yibam Rechalitza, but once the brother does Yibam Rechalitza, so then that reveals to us that the sister-in-law is uh, taken care of, and then you can go ahead and you can marry her sister, because you no longer have that relationship with her. Now it gets more complicated. The next case. Shnayim shikidshu shtei achios. Let's say we have two people. It's a new case, new names. Um, Ruvain and Shimon. They are not related. In this case, they are not related. But they marry two sisters. But they don't know who they married, which sister they married. So you have two people. They're not not related. They're not brothers. Reuben and Shimon. They're not sure which sister they married. So So they each have to give both a divorce document. If they want to get divorced, they have to give each of them a divorce document because they're not sure which one's the wife and which one's the sister of the wife, which would be a prohibition. So we say, give a divorce document to both. Mesu, let's say they they both die. So this is just really the same idea as just in different the same principles, but in different cases. So Reuben and Shimon, they both have one brother. So Reuben has Levi, Shimon has Yehuda as a brother. So Levi and Yehuda, they both have to do chalitza to both. They have to do chalitza to both. Out of because you can't do yibum because maybe it's not really my sister-in-law. Maybe it's my sister-in-law's sister. The same the same idea. But if the case is where Reuven has one brother, he has Levi. Shimon has two brothers. He has Yehuda and Yisachar. So we say Levi, who's the one brother, he should do chalitza to both. Once he does chalitza to both, this solves a certain problem. Because now with certainty, when the two sisters uh, are left for Yehuda and Yisachar, the other two brothers from Shimon, who's from the Shimon side, uh, so then, there's no concern that they're still connected uh, to a different brother, brother-in-law, and therefore there's a prohibition of marrying somebody before you do even more chalitza. No, that that single brother, uh, meaning Levi, he already did chalitza. So he did a chalitza. So then the other two brothers, we say, like we said before, one does chalitza, one does yibum, and there's no problem because the second one could do yibum after the first one does chalitza because either it's actual yibum or once the first one did chalitza, so then... Uh, the other one, it's not no longer viewed as a relative of a sister-in-law's sister because the other one already did chalitza. And the same halacha, let's say they both did yibum. So then, after the fact, they shouldn't do it, but after the fact, it is fine. It is permissible. Um, last case. Let's say the same case. Uh, two people, not related, Shimon and Ruvain, they marry two sisters, and they forget which one they they forgot which one they married, but they both have two brothers. Reuven has Levi and Yehuda, and Shimon has Yisachar and Zvulun. So what you could do is so basically, if you want to do yibum in this case, there's a way to do yibum. 
Levi and Yehuda are one pair of brothers that are brothers with Reuven. So Reuven dies. So Levi could do Chalitza to one sister and Yehuda could do Yibam to the other. And then Yisachar and Zvulun, who are Shimon's brothers, they could do Chalitza. They would have to do Chalitza first. Um, one would have to do Chalitza uh, to one and then one does Yibam to the other. And this way, uh, this solves all problems because the Yibam is done. Chalitza is done first to get rid of any uh, potential problems of a sister-in-law sister or the fact that she's marrying before Chalitza is done. Everyone has Chalitza done already. And then the remaining brothers could do Yibam. Either it's Yibam or they're actually getting married. Okay. Let's say, Kadmu shnaim yabim. If two of the brothers, they don't do, one doesn't do Yibam, but they both do Chalitza. If they both do Chalitza, so then... We don't say that the other two brothers, Yisachar and Zavulan, both could do Yibam. No, they can't both do Yibam. It just falls back to what we said before. One does Chalitza, one does Yibam. Because when it comes to the two brothers, one definitely has to do Chalitza first, uh, and then the other one has to do Yibam. But But the same idea that we had before, that if they both do Yibam, even though they're not allowed to, but if they both did it, so then we don't tell them to get divorced. Because one did Yibam to the actual sister-in-law, and that's fine. But then the other brother no longer has a connection to that sister-in-law and then can marry her sister. Two brothers can marry two sisters. Okay, that is the Mishnah. Again, it is definitely a bit complicated, but I think the main point is to remember these three principles, which are, one, there's a Torah pro- prohibition to, for the sister-in-law to marry somebody before she does Yibam or Chalitza. Two, there's a rabbinic prohibition to marry your, if you did Chalitza, to, to marry her sister. And number three is that even before Chalitza or Yibam, there's a rabbinic prohibition to marry uh, the sister-in-law where you have a zika with, you have a certain relationship with, before you even want to marry her sister. And these are various outcomes from those three uh, principles and three laws. The Gemara now says, interesting idea. We'll move on to the Gemara. We'll see how far we get. The Gemara says, we seem from here, the fact that the, the Gemara Mishnah says that the case is where you don't know who you married. This implies, if you don't know who you married, you marry one of these two, two sisters, you're not allowed to have marital relations with any of them. That seems to imply that you're allowed to get married without having the ability to have marital relations. Is that true or not? This is a dispute in a different tractate in Kiddushin, whether or not you're allowed to get married and is it viewed as a halakhically valid marriage if you're not allowed to have marital relations. Is it necessary to have the ability to have marital, marital relations in order for it to be viewed as a halakhically valid marriage? This seems to imply that no, it doesn't have to be uh, you don't have to have the ability to have marital relations, and still yet, it is a good marriage. How do we know that it's a good marriage? Because you have to give a divorce document. We tell you to give a divorce document. So they are legally married, even though they're not allowed to have marital relations, because you know, might not be, be having marital relations with your wife. It might be with your wife's sister, which is a prohibition, a very severe prohibition. So the Gemara says, no, the case is not where uh, you didn't know from the beginning who you married. You knew who you married from the beginning. You just forgot about it later. And it's that seems to be the language of the Mishnah also. The Mishnah doesn't say that um, you you never knew. The, the Mishnah says, it uses the language, Eno Yodea. Right now you don't know, but you did know at a certain point in time. Shmamina. The Gemara asks, My Kamash Malan, if that's the case, that we, you knew at the time of the Kiddushin, at the time of the marriage, uh, and that's why you did have the ability to have marital relations. It was only much later where you got all confused. So then what's the point of the Mishnah? What exactly is the Mishnah teaching us? And the Mishnah, the Gemara is going to say the Mishnah is teaching us 
what we've been describing until now. We need it for the last couple of cases. It's teaching us about the principle that you're not allowed to uh, marry your zikukaso, your sister-in-law, before you do even rechalitza, her sister. You have a certain relationship with your sister-in-law, you cannot marry her sister, which is why the uh, the, the cases are, the, the laws are such that in these scenarios, one brother has to do chalitza, and then the other brother could do yibum afterwards, after the first brother does chalitza, so that we get out of any problems of uh, the zakuk's uh, sister, the sister-in-law's sister. Okay, that's what the Gemara says. Let's read a few more lines. So that was the first case. Now the Gemara is analyzing the second case. The first case was one person is not sure which sister he married. The second case is where two people marry two sisters, and then they each of them forgot which sister they married, which again is highly unlikely, but I think it's the principles that we are trying to get out of this Mishnah. Here too, the Gemara says, two brothers, not two brothers, sorry, two individuals marry two sisters, they, and they don't know which one they married. This should again, this should prove to us the concept that you're allowed to get married even though it's forbidden to have marital relations. You can't have marital relations because... <laughs> because A, it's the sister, but also because she's married to, it's possible the one you're having marital relations with is actually married to the other guy. Uh, but at the time that you got married, you didn't know about it, This and it's still viewed as a halakhically valid, valid marriage. This seems to prove to us that uh, we you do not have to have the ability to have marital relations when... Um, when you get when you get married, in order for it to be viewed as a halakhically valid, valid marriage, the Gemara answers the same answer that we had before. The Gemara says that no, the case is not where you didn't know originally. You knew who you married when you got married. You forgot about it later on. The Gemara then says, What's the point of the second case? So it says also something we already mentioned in the Mishnah. The case here, which is what it's teaching us, is for the case where you have these two individuals. One has one brother, one has two brothers. And so we say the one brother should do chalitza to both, to both sisters. And then the one with two brothers, one brother could do chalitza, the other one does yibum. And we say the one who does yibum has to do yibum last. After the first brother, from the first guy, from Ruvain, he does chalitza to both. Then, uh, from the second guy, one brother does chalitza, then he can do yibum. Why? Because otherwise, there's these concerns. These concerns that we've mentioned of uh, maybe you're marrying somebody who really still has to do chalitza. And then that's a prohibition because if she's really connected to the other guy, uh, so then she never did chalitza. So we make sure do chalitza. Everyone should do chalitza. The last thing we do is yibum after everyone did chalitza. So there's no problems of marrying somebody who has to do chalitza. There's no problems of marrying somebody where you already have a relationship with, no, somebody else did chalitza, and then you could do yibam. Either it's actually yibam, or you're just marrying somebody who you're allowed to marry, because it's your sister-in-law's sister, but uh, but she's it's, you don't have a connection to that sister-in-law anymore because the other brother did chalitza. Okay, this is definitely uh, a bit confusing, but it's important just to get down uh, these principles.